another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standig, and uh, I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic, which means I spent my Sunday at FedEx Field watching the Washington football team's season effectively come to an end. Yes, there is one game to go next Sunday against the New York Giants, but in terms of the things that we all spend months and months pondering, can they make the playoffs? How will they fare against their in, inside their own division? That is is where things have gone wrong for the Washington football team. They lose today to the Eagles 20-16. to uh, Same score that they lost the week one game to the Chargers 20-16 to at a point when we all kind of started to see some concerns. And those concerns, you know, they, they ebbed and they flowed and new things came up, notably the, the, the COVID outbreak that the team is still effectively dealing with. But nonetheless, it was sort of a disjointed year from the from the start, and it never quite, um, they never quite found a rhythm. And that officially came to an end today. They lose to the Eagles 20-16, to a game in which they were up 10-0 after the first quarter, the second time in, in two games against Philly that they led 10-zip after the first quarter. But similar to that game, although in a little bit different way, uh, things came apart as the game progressed. Washington led 16-7 at halftime, but never scored uh, in the second half. The Eagles started to become a little bit more effective on the ground. Jalen Hurts in the air and Washington's offense, which bogged down in the first half, settled for three Joey Sly field goals, just could not get things going. Taylor Heineke did uh, they, they get the ball down into the red zone uh, with you know with 30 seconds to go. He, he threw a pass to John Bates towards the end zone. There's some contact. Bates trips, falls. The ball sails over his head. And uh, Philadelphia defensive back Rodney McLeod d- dives, picks it off, seals the win. Um, here's what you need to know about this episode. I just spoke with my colleague, the great David Aldridge with The Athletic. Uh, he was driving home from FedEx Field, so we just chatted for a few minutes about his thoughts on the game, the season, where things go from here. So we'll get to all that in just a moment here on the Standard Room Only podcast, which of course you can find on iTunes, or Spotify, or over on The Athletic app. And you, of course, can read our work over on The Athletic as well. Um, and I guess before I go too far, I just want to say, you know, officially Happy New Year to everybody. It is January 2nd. And, you know, I'm, uh, again, never assume anything I'm saying is is fetching about this job. But when you have a job like this one, there's really the days run together. And I don't even notice what the calendar is half the time. But I am aware it is January 2nd. And I, I want to wish everybody a Happy New Year. Hope everybody is safe and sound and best of luck going forward in 2022 but as for washington 2022 at least the start of it is going to be next sunday against the giants and then it's straight into the off season uh, there'll be questions for sure you know will there be um, any changes up to the coaching staff obviously there's got to be a lot there's gonna be a lot of quarterback talk for sure you know where do they fix other parts of their roster curtis samuel did not play today basically has not played this year as we know and, you know, that's obviously a huge question mark for them going forward, not so much in terms of will he play next year, but just in terms of, you know, still trying to wrap our brains around what happened here and, and you know, what's he going to bring them next year after this, you know, lost uh, season. Jamin Davis, DA and I talked a little bit about the linebacker play. Jamin Davis played today, but he was behind David Mayo, who Ron Rivera effectively gave the start to. Um, with David Mayo playing the Mike linebacker, Cole Holcomb moving outside, and Davis coming in for spot duty here and there, um, you know that 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 is a, a a a bit of an indictment on how the rookie has progressed this year. And you know it's not to say he's a bust or anything along those lines. It's to say 
as the case in many examples, you can't feel too confident about where Washington is in a lot of a lot of places going forward relative to how we felt about this team one year ago when the defense was looking like a potential uh, stud unit uh, with that defensive line, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, John Allen, Deron Payne. Two of those guys didn't play today. Montez Sweat, unfortunately, away from the team right now as he's dealing with the tragic loss of his brother uh, the other day. Um, <clears throat> Chase Young, obviously, out for the year with the, with the season-ending knee injury. Um, but they also didn't have William Jackson today. The secondary kind of held up for the most part today. But at the same time, you know, what, what do we think of this group going forward? The offensive line suffered more injuries, for sure. Um, Sadiq Charles, who was replacing Eric Flowers, who was on the COVID list, he leaves the game with an injury. They had to go to John Toth. So that's like a third-string left guard next to a fourth-string center. And, like, injuries happen, of course. But, like, you know, Brandon Scherf may not be here next year. Charles Leno is a free agent. And I guess my just general point is last year we ended the season with I felt like real momentum. And this year we're, we end the Washington season and a lot more question marks. And we'll have plenty more time to discuss it all on the podcast. So don't worry about that. Make sure you subscribe, as I said, on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you do your podcasting. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to a lot more. But I did want to get into this postgame recap. So here is my conversation with the great David Aldridge about Washington's home finale ending the loss to Philly here on the Standard Groom Only Podcast. All right. Uh, as promised, joining me here on the podcast, uh, my colleague at The Athletic and uh, obviously a guy who has seen this team play He's seen this story play out many times over the years for the Washington football team, the great David Aldridge and D.A. We're talking on a day in which, yeah, the, the, the scoreboard says that they lost the game. But ultimately, this is much more, much less about the game itself, I think, and more about the season effectively coming to an end. Whatever playoff hopes, 6 percent chance, whatever it was, effectively ended today. And honestly, it felt like it ended earlier than that uh, because things have gone the way they have gone. And. Uh, you know, just trying to mentally here put a put a capper on everything that's gone down. It's been a lot over the last few weeks and year and so on. And and for you, I guess, as you leave here, what's your what's your takeaway here um, on on this gloomy Sunday? Well, I you know Ben, I think it's a couple of things. Like I, I don't think the year is a total disaster and awful and you know, but it's a failure, right? I mean, it's a failure. The, the job was to, if not defend your division championship, at least make the playoffs and be in a position to maybe make some noise in the playoffs this year. And they failed on both of those accounts. Um, and, again, I, I think this year's just – it's never felt like everybody was pulling in the same direction, starting with training camp. I mean, you remember day one of training camp. LeBron Rivera, you know, as angry publicly as we've ever seen him at his own players who refused to get vaccinated, not, and not necessarily because it put him at greater risk, even though it did, but it was just the notion of not, not wanting to do this simple thing that would make it easier for the team to kind of move forward. And, and it's been that way all year, really. I mean, they just have never, other than that four game stretch where they, they won four games in a row and, you know, not necessarily blowing anybody out, but just kind of hanging on and playing good defense and being able to run the ball some, they they just don't seem like they've ever been on the same page. The defense was never, you know, had any type of coalescence all year. They started off 
historically bad on third downs, not being able to get off the field, giving up these ridiculous chunk plays. Um, and it, it settled down somewhat, and they played better, but they never were anything close to the unit we all thought they'd be, I think, going into the season. And the problems in offense are, are obvious, and we've talked about them a million times, but, you know, it starts with your starting quarterback playing a quarter this year um, and, and your backup quarterback playing kind of like a backup quarterback. You know, like there's no – there shouldn't be any, like, shock that Taylor Heineke played the way he did. Um, you know, he is what he is. So, yeah, it's just been kind of a disjointed season throughout and, and, and very little in the way of kind of – you know, everybody kind of just being in sync with one another. At, it really, at, at no point this year did it feel like this team was really in sync with each other. You know, it, it's funny you, you phrase it that way because we haven't talked since we both filed our stories, which will be up on The Athletic by the time probably people hear this. Um, I basically at some point wrote that how, you know, this the, the 20 to 16 loss today is the identical score to the to the week one loss to the Chargers, and while it definitely was not a straight line from that to this, it felt very bookendish because, uh, because like you said, it, 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 that first game we immediately saw enough enough things to be like, mm, this does not look right. It's one thing to lose that didn't look right, and that it never quite got going. And even in the during that four game winning streak, what they did was allow the other teams to screw up more than I felt they. Yeah. Uh, took control and ultimately that's what you know that's what a lot of this comes down to and the kind of for me like the, the the takeaway off of this game to a degree but tying it into the whole season was Ron Rivera sort of talked in a moral victory type, type of deal that especially coming off last week's disaster that his team played hard thus giving them a chance to win that's all you can ask for and I'm sort of saying actually yeah. no I actually think you got to ask yeah. for more it, it is this isn't we're not, we're not giving out orange slices after this game right and Jonathan Allen right, right. I think spoke appropriately I mean I, I, you know Rivera's trying to just do what he can do he's gonna you know, he's gonna stand up there and try to spin positive and and you know look they did play better than they did last week which is obviously the lowest of bars uh, and John Allen's like no 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 we're not doing moral victories here we get paid to do this. Right. We kind of come out with a win. And ultimately, you know, in his in, since, since he got drafted in 2017, they've made the playoffs one time. And that doesn't make him unique relative to the last 20-something years around here. Everybody goes through these right. stretches where, not, where nobody makes the playoffs. And, you know, like you said, it's not like it was like a massive disaster. I mean, there was a lot of things going wrong. The defense never got right. And, you know, if you want to use the, the COVID outbreak as, a, as an excuse, there's some legitimacy to it. Well, considering when the timing came, they just won four in a row. They haven't won since. I, I get all that, but it just never, even before all this happened, even before all the injuries became problematic and everything, you know, before we knew the defense wasn't going to live up anywhere close to the hype, it just never felt quite right. And it leads to the question going into the offseason of, well, how do you fix this? And obviously I think that's something we can't solve today, <laughs> but 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 it, 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 it is – it's unfortunate just how it's there's going to be no chance of the positive momentum that they had last year, even though they may have almost get seven wins again if they win next week against New York. Right, and, and and what scares you, you know, I think if you if you're a fan of the team, what what tends to happen in moments like this when the team is kind of underachieved and not done what people thought, and there's there's questions about stuff happening off the field and things don't go right, and you're like, how is how are they going to fix this in time for next season? What usually happens is Dan Snyder throws a shiny object in everybody's field division, right? So, um, and you just worry 
And uh, as I, I, you know, you'll read in the column, I was, I was like Dan Snyder. Oh, sorry, Tanya Snyder. Okay, it's Tanya Snyder making <laughs> decisions right now. Like, you know, okay, fine. We'll go, I'll go along with this NFL. I'll usually it's Tanya Snyder, fine. Um, you know, like that's their MO is here's something fun to kind of make you forget that the team's not very good. Um, and whether that's the name change or, you know, a new stadium or – trading five first round picks to go get, you know, you know, name the player, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or, or Deshaun Watson for that matter, or moving up to number one to take whoever you want to take number one and, and making that the exciting thing for fans. That's just kind of what they do. And you worry, will they have the discipline as an organization to kind of continue this methodical uh, restructuring, rebuilding, whatever you want to call it, of the team because if you don't solve quarterback then you could be six and ten six and nine whatever the record's going to be again next year you know like or six and eleven whatever it is um because you got to solve that and they haven't solved it for you know most of the last 20 years and until they solve it and and it's not going to be easy to solve by the way but until they solve it this is always going to be they're always going to be on this knife's edge because they don't have the margin of error that an elite quarterback gives you as a football team. Like you're all, you always have to play almost perfect to win a game. You know, like they had to run the ball. They, you know, they had to have the ball for 40 minutes to win by six or seven, you know, like, um, and they just, they're not equipped because they don't have the quarterback that can kind of throw guys open and throw four touchdowns and throw for 500 yards and give your, give your team a chance to win games when it doesn't play that well. A hundred percent. And just to, to your point, like, look, Taylor Heineke was pretty miserable his previous two starts, the two games against Dallas. He didn't obviously play in the first meeting against Philly. That's when we got the Garrett Gilbert experience. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Heineke was much better this game than he was those last two games. We saw much a closer version of the Heineke we saw Throughout the year, he was effective. I think he completed his first 11 passes. Washington scored right. on their first four possessions, or their, all, all four of their possessions, I should say, in the first half. But within right. that is where the, 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 the rub is. Three times they had to settle for field goals. Joey Sly, who looks like he's, it looks like they've solved their kicker problem for next year. Joey Sly made all right. of his <laughs> kicks. He hasn't missed one yet, uh, knock on wood, for him and, and the team. And, um, you know, so that's great. But they were up 16-7 to at halftime. You could make the case, I guess it should have been more, considering that they were moving the ball. But when you settle for field goals, that eventually can bite you, especially when you score zero points in the second half. And they could not get going at all. The Eagles came out, had one of those long drives to start the second half that Washington had during that four-game winning streak. And then Washington, after Philly did what they did, punted on its next two possessions. Uh, and and, and that kind of, I think that's where the game really turned. And Philadelphia ends up uh, you know, finishing with the, winning the time of possession battle more yards, obviously, the scoreboard itself. And, and you know, Heineke, look, again, uh, I feel like I always have to qualify everything I say about him by saying he's exceeded expectations by all measures. But at the same point, he's also shown his limitations over and over again. And they've got to, they've got to recognize that. I think they do, would be my assumption, that this isn't the answer. But, you know, it isn't just snap your fingers and say we can solve the problem. But that's kind of where they're at yeah. right now. And it isn't just him. They're missing tons of players. That They were down to their third-string left guard, their fourth-string center today. No Antonio yeah. Gibson, uh, you know, that, that's just on offense. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones goes out with a scary neck injury, but it sounds like he's okay. 
Um, you know, the, the defense is, 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 is using guys like Corn Elder, who was basically a healthy scratch most of the year. Uh, and this is where they were by the end. But at the same point, every team's going through something. And you've got to figure out ways to overcome it. And that's where having a, a really good quarterback comes in handy. Yeah. And, and it, you know, the things that you mentioned, and, and, and you're right, some of it is personnel. Because if you have Logan Thomas, maybe you maybe you convert some of those red zone possessions because you got a guy that you can high point it to and he can go get it. But but you didn't have him, and you can't just throw your hands up and say, "Well, we don't have Logan Thomas, we can't score in the red zone now." Like somebody's got to make a play, you know. Like somebody else has to make a play, and just far too often, you know, Heineke just was not able to make that play in the red zone, you know. And it's not it's not even necessarily you need to have a rifle arm to throw in the tight windows. It helps, but you need to be accurate. You know what I mean? That's the most important thing, I think, for a quarterback is accurate. You know, when, when Aaron Rodgers throws back shoulder to, to Devontae Adams, it's not, it's not throwing the ball 600 miles an hour. He's just throwing it to the one spot where Devontae Adams and only Devontae Adams can catch the ball. You know what I mean? So, it, and it's the same thing to the other receivers. He, he, he throws it to in the red zone because he's so pinpoint accurate with the ball. They can, they still score when their guys are covered. And, and Taylor just didn't do that enough this year. He did it some, there were some throws he made. He made a great throw in the Carolina game down there. And to, to, to was it Cam Curl or Cam Sims in the end zone? That's tight window throw. He threw, threw a bullet. Good pass. He threw a bullet to Ricky Seals Jones in the Giants game. Great pass in the end zone. But the fact that I can name them by, you know, <laughs> I can name all of them tells you there weren't enough of them, right? So it, it's it's just the reality of who he is, and they just – and the lack of talent. I think they need more talent on offense. I wrote about that this week. I wrote about it again after the Eagles game. They've got to upgrade themselves across the board on offense. I just think they need another receiver. They probably need another tight end that can really stretch the field vertically. Um, you know, a, a, a run, look, I love J.D. McKissick. He's a heck of a back. I'm not saying J.D. McKissick's a bad football player, but, you know, I think there was just a little bit too much J.D. McKissick worship in some quarters this year. Like, he's a good football player, but, you know, he's not keeping defensive coordinators up night. You know, like, you don't have that guy that just really is like, wow, how do we how do we keep the ball out of this guy's hand? Well, they, really they, they, they in theory think they may have had that guy, but he that guy just hasn't played all year. And Curtis Samuel, he was brought in to right. be Could that be. type of playmaker. Right. And obviously, yeah. you know, he, he didn't play again today, which, you know, it, it, we've reached a point where I, it wasn't even notable that he didn't play today, right. um, which, which right. leads me to sort right. of the – I guess sort of my, my, my last question for you, and that is, you know, last year, obviously the defense is what got everybody excited going into the offseason, going into this year. It's why people thought um, this team had a chance to be interesting. If Fitzpatrick could be, you know, good, right? You'd not be great, just good. Yeah. And the defense reached top five, top ten status, like for real, like being really a force in games. Like who knows where, where, where things could happen. And, you know, as we know, neither of those things occurred. Fitzpatrick gets hurt immediately, and the defense never found its way. Um, Chase Young was sort of the poster child last year for – what was gonna? What, what was to be? He was the face of the franchise at that point, and so much of why it feels so sad this year and a lot of levels is because he never got going, and then his year ends with it with a season-ending knee injury. Then you had the Curtis Samuel thing, then um, you know the quarterback situation. Like we're, we're, we're discussing, all these things factor into each other, and I guess just sort of you know as you, as you sort of look at the whole situation, what, what's the 
I guess, it, or maybe I should say beyond the quarterback, because I think we get that. That's they got to fix that. What, what's the what's the other thing that needs to change? That needs to happen? That that you know, player, position, team, whatever it is. What's the thing that that that, that needs to be fixed or rectified or upgraded or something uh, for this team yeah. to feel better about uh, this offseason? I mean, to me, the the one position that stands out is linebacker, right? I mean, you're looking at it, and it, you know, they, they got some. Holcomb played well, I thought, you know, for for long stretches this season. Um, but other than that, look, I'm all for. I mean, I understand you got to be patient, rookie, learning a new position. Played didn't really play the position that he played in college, but you got to get more out of Jamin Davis next year. Like it's got to that that guy's got to flash a lot more than he did this year um, for you to feel good about that position. And even if he does, I still think they need a middle linebacker. They talked about it after the game on Sunday that, you know, David Mayo came in and and played middle linebacker and kind of freed Holcomb up from having to do that. And just having that body, I don't think it's John Bostick going forward. I just don't. No, Um, it's not him. I think you have to do, I think you have to upgrade there uh, significantly because, they just there was just too much space, you know, for everybody to operate. For running backs to cut back against, you know, on on, on the natural cutback lanes, for tight ends up the seam, for for receivers out of the backfield. They just were constantly open and, and a big reason for that was that the linebacker play just wasn't there. I mean it's no it's not coincidence that I mean, I think they're, you could make the case their best linebacker this year was Landon Collins, right? <laughs> and so when he got hurt, they kind of fell off again defensively. So, you know, I think they need to kind of figure out, well, what do we have? You know, what do we need? We need to get somebody in there that can play that position. And what does that mean if you do that? Whether you spend a free, you know, spend money in free agency or you, you spend a high draft pick on a middle linebacker, well, what does that mean for Landon Collins? Because you put him in the back at safety, he wasn't very good. You know, like, he wasn't very good. And they're much better with Sam Curl back there. So where do you put Landon Collins in? So, I mean, that to me is like, you got to figure that out. And I then I still think, you know, I don't think you can ever go wrong taking offensive linemen. I don't think that's ever a problem for me. Uh, Leno was, was fine this year. He was good. He was solid at tackle. Not a problem. Not saying he was, he was bad. But if you tell me they're going to spend a top 10 pick on a guy that they think is going to be a, you know, 10-year starter at left tackle and is going to, you know, be a road grader on, and offensively, on, you know, in the running game, okay. I wouldn't like – I wouldn't say they were wrong to do that, right? So, um, but if you're asking me, like, I, I still think receiver is not fixed to me. Like, they just cut Antonio Gandy-Golden, who they drafted, by the way. <laughs> You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they just cut him. So, you know, to your point, maybe Samuel fills, fills the void. Maybe he's, you know, he comes in, he's healthy, he gives them everything that they thought they were going to give. Uh, opposite McLaurin, they're much better next year. They're much more balanced. Um, that allows De'Ami Brown to do things maybe in the slot that, that, that he couldn't do this year. But that's a lot of ifing for a guy that could not get on the field this year. Just couldn't get on the field. Yeah. No, so, for, you know, I, I just were that to me, linebacker and wide receiver to me are the places that are kind of flashing red. Could, could, couldn't agree more. And I think having obviously getting Chase Young back to some kind of 
Pro Bowlish level is going to be huge for the whole defense. No matter yeah. who's a linebacker, they've got to they got to work on that. Uh, yeah. Da, always appreciate the time. Next time, I promise we'll talk some wizards, but it wasn't appropriate to to do that today <laughs> as we put the Washington football team season effectively to bed. Appreciate the time. Go read David's uh, column um, up on the Athletic, and uh, of course, uh, read him about all things NBA at all times. And Da, we'll talk again. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it, man. I mean, appreciate it. I'm going to, I'm fingers crossed uh, this worked. I don't know, but we'll figure it out either way. I appreciate it, man. And, uh, I'll, uh, sure. I'll see you uh, later. All right, sir. All Thank you. See ya. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Many thanks to David Aldrich for his time. Thanks to everybody for checking out the podcast. Again, hope everybody has a safe, had a safe and happy new year. Catch you guys back later this week. More podcasting to go as we look ahead to the season finale and also, the offseason, plenty to discuss. And we'll do that right here on the Standard Room Only podcast. Until next time.